very early on in my priesthood, I realized that many of the children whom I would give a sacrament to, such as baptism or First Communion or Confirmation, I would not see again. Sometimes, in my first two years of priesthood, sometimes the first and the last time that I saw the family at Mass was at the baptism of their child. And I remember giving children First Holy Communion, and the second Holy Communion they received was at Christmas time. And their third Holy Communion was at Easter. And so I began to personally meet with each family of a child that I was going to give a sacrament to. And I would meet with that family individually. And we would talk about many things, especially the importance of being committed in raising the child in the faith. And the attendance of Sunday Mass being primary in that. Many of these families told me straight to my face, looking straight into my eyes, yes, Father, we'll be there every Sunday. We'll be there every Sunday. Never to see many of them again. It was very frustrating and very sad, very disappointing that that somebody could lie to a priest, looking straight into the eyes of the priest and lie to that priest just so their child could receive a sacrament. I remember confirming, or the bishop coming to confirm, 12 children one year in a former parish. By the end of that school year, only four were going to Mass. Just like the second son in the Gospel parable. Sure, Lord, I'll be out in the field right behind you. I'll be there. Then they turn around and walk the other way. If I accept the Catholic identity, then I must also accept the responsibilities associated with it. If I say that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my God, then I must worship him in the supreme act of divine worship, which is the Holy Mass on Sunday. If I am to be part of the church founded by Jesus Christ, the Son of God, then I must strive to follow the teachings and the commandments of Holy Mother Church. There is a distortion of Christianity, which is very popular in our world today, especially in our nation, among evangelical Christians. I can say this because as as an army chaplain, I served right beside Protestant ministers and Protestant uh, lay men and lay women every day, every day for 12 years. And I tell you, one of the, the greatest distortions of Christianity is this. Many Christians will tell you, All you have to do, all you have to do is say that Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior. And that's it. 
That's all, one and done. You can go out and commit murder five times and you're still good. The truth of the matter is that phrase is not found anywhere in the scriptures. And it's actually contradicted by our Lord himself in the Gospels. That's why it's important for us to know the scriptures, especially the Gospels. So that when people say, well, Jesus said this, we can say, no, he didn't. What he actually said was this. So that is a, a very popular distortion of Christianity. But there's also a Catholic version of it. You want to know what it is? I'll tell you. I'm Catholic. I'm Catholic. I'm good. I'm okay. I'm Catholic. Uh, mass, uh, I go once or twice a year. What's the problem? I'm Catholic. Those commandments, don't worry about those. I'm Catholic. There's many people who honestly believe that if they just call themselves Christian, they just call themselves Catholic, that will be enough at the judgment. Just like the second son in the gospel parable today. Yes, Lord, I'll be there right behind you. Don't wait for me. I'll, I'll catch up. All of us here have been the second son in the gospel. All of us here, every one of us, nobody excluded, all of us have failed at one time or another to do what God is asking us to do. All of us have heard the voice of God and say, yes. Yes, Lord. And we started to walk out into the field only to be distracted or become disinterested. We've all begun to work in the field, but then we grew tired or bored. Then we went somewhere else. All of us here have room for improvement in our spiritual life. All of us. I'm reminded of that every day by God. And people remind me too every week. So we've all been the second son. But the good news is that we are also like the other son, the first son in the gospel. When we recognize, when we realize that we have heard the voice of God and we've told him no, because it sounds hard or it sounds like it's going to bring pain or suffering to us. When we realize that we're going to have to change our life. Or get rid of something which we prefer. We've told God no. I don't think so. I'm not going out to the field. But then. We thought about it. And the Holy Spirit is impressed into our hearts. That this is the will of God. And it will help us. We later say yes. I will go. The truth is we can recommit to doing God's will in our life at any time. Any time. It's never too late to turn back to God. No matter how many times we've said, no, I'm not going out to that field. 
it's never too late to change our mind and say, okay, I'm going to go. And to show that with our actions of actually being there. We hear in the psalm today, guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior. Remember that your compassion, O Lord, and your love are from of old. The sins of my youth and my frailties remember not. It's never too late to turn away from our sinfulness. The sacrament of reconciliation. It's never too late until death. When you die, it's too late. And a lot of people, they want to wait until the end of their life to recommit to God. The problem is timing. We don't know when death is coming. I've known many people who have died and... None of them, none of them knew that they were going to die at that exact day or hour. So we should recommit to our Lord now. And I often meet people who hear the word of God. They'll hear the gospel proclaimed by the bishop, the priest, or the deacon at Holy Mass. They'll hear the, the, the celebrant preaching, and it will trigger something in them. And their heart will become very hardened. And they'll be very upset for maybe a couple hours, maybe a couple days or weeks or months or sometimes even years. But then they will, they will listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and realize that they were telling God no. And then they'll recommit to God and go back out into the field. Just like the first son in the gospel. We hear in the first reading from Ezekiel, one of my favorites, when someone virtuous turns away from virtue to commit iniquity and dies, it is because of the iniquity he committed that he must die. But if he turns from the wickedness he has committed, does what is right and just, he shall preserve his life since he has turned away from all the sins which he committed. He shall surely live, he shall not die. It's never too late to turn back to God, to turn away from wickedness and sin, and to turn to eternal life. We need to realize that each of us is like both of these sons in the gospel. When we realize that we are the first son in the times which we initially reject God's invitation, when we reject his teaching, when we reject his commandments, then in humility we allow that seed of truth to grow in our heart, trusting that it will bring true peace and fulfillment to our life. We are that first son. And then we also realize that we are the second son. When we initially say yes to God, but later abandon him, but then we ask for forgiveness. We turn back to him. We ask for the grace to recommit, to go out into the field. So this is our challenge today, and it's, Let's be honest, this is our challenge every day, to recommit our lives, to turn away from sin, which brings spiritual death, and to turn back to God, which brings spiritual life. To make our yes to God mean yes in our words and in our actions. Praise be Jesus Christ. Amen.